Welcome to Inside the Castle, the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I'm one of your hosts today, Aaron Snyder. And I'm Angie Fryerman. In this episode, we're going to talk about the Civil Works budget. Uh, and really what this is, is how the Corps of Engineers budgets for our projects over time. So might not be the, the most interesting topic probably for some listeners, but it's very critical and important to the organization and how we can get our work done. So today with us, we have Vince Navarre. Thanks for being here today. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with the Corps? Well, good morning, Aaron. Good morning, Angie. Thanks for inviting me for this session. My uh, role and job within uh, program development I am the branch chief of program development within the program integration division here at headquarters within the civil works uh, directorate. My main role is to help facilitate uh, the development of the civil works budget, and that includes the uh, work plan whenever we receive an enacted appropriations and uh, the spin plan for those supplemental appropriations. And then finally, uh, we work through supporting the defense of the Army's recommendation for uh, the budget program or the uh, spend plans or the work plans. And then the last thing that we do, we work uh, through uh, processing some of the execution actions, meaning that we issue the funds out to uh, projects and studies and PEDS and other programs within the Civil Works Directorate. So thank you for the introduction. And I will have to say that I am probably not the only one that when I first started with the Corps of Engineers and even in my early days within the Corps, the budget process the Corps uses was very confusing. I have been with the Corps for more than 20 years and it's finally starting to, to sink in how everything is done. And so I want to kind of just educate our viewers on this process so they better understand how the Corps budget works. So, Vince, can you briefly explain the budget process and what all goes into that? All right. I think that is a simple question to ask, but there are lots of complications along the way. I'll try to make this uh, as smooth of an explanation as possible. We on the civil work side uh, have our own appropriations, have our own guidance doctrine that we follow, as opposed to the rest of USACE that falls under the military program. and the uh, other uh, programs that are for uh, supporting others outside of the military uh, structure. For civil works, our budget development starts with the guidance that we received from really from the Office of Management and Budget, or as we call it, the administration. And they set the stage for all of the federal agencies on how to pull together a budget. We, the USA Civil Works side of uh, headquarters uh, on the Corps of Engineers, are somewhat considered like a federal agency in the way that we are called to pull our budget together. So we incorporate uh, that guidance that we receive from the Office of Management and Budget. In addition to that, we also incorporate uh, the direct guidance from the Assistant Secretary of the Army for Civil Works which really is the lead for all of the civil works program. He, that position is responsible for the civil works program and the chief of engineers in his role as the commander of USAs, 
is responsible for providing technical recommendations and executing the final decisions of the uh, president's budget as far as the civil works program. So with that as a background, the budget itself follows somewhat of a cyclic uh, way in which we put it together. And if I had a graphic that I can show you, and it was a circular graphic, uh, I would start from the very beginning where we incorporate the guidance that I just discussed. We create our engineer circular for program development, which gives uh, further direction to MSEs, the districts, and to our other FOAs on how to nominate uh, work that should be considered for the budget and to rank and prioritize and other considerations for pulling together a technical recommendation to submit to the chief of engineers for his review and endorsement that is submitted to the secretary of the army for civil works for their consideration in further development of the army's recommendation along the way as we pull together the chief's recommendation technical recommendation we are asked sometimes to defend that recommendation as uh, the secretary's office would like to make sure that we are following all of our policy guidance and normal business processes and procedures and the guidance that they have issued out to us. And really it's uh, based on a performance-based budget that they are looking for us to pull together a technical recommendation to provide to them. As they go through that uh, scrutiny of the chief's uh, budget recommendation, uh, they are at the same time developing their version of it. We'll call it the Army recommendation for uh, the budget. And that goes through a series of reviews uh, internal to the secretary's office. And it incorporates things beyond our technical recommendation. There are political related uh, issues that have come to bear that the secretary's office supports and they will input that into uh, their uh, recommendation, uh, the Army's recommendation. And so at the end uh, of their processing, uh, they will combine the chief's recommendation with their other guidance and priorities that they are looking at and produce the final version Army recommendation document. They will submit that to the Office of Management and Budget and we'll have to go through yet another series of reviews and defense of the Army's recommendation. We at headquarters, USACE, along with two of the MSEs are called into uh, helping with the uh, defense of the Army's recommendation to OMB. And that will go on for about a month where that is underway currently right now uh, in our FY24 uh, budget cycle that we are currently in. The culmination of the OMB review ends up uh, being uh, OMB will issue a guidance document. They will call it the OMB passback document. And essentially what it does is provides us some additional guidance to pull together the final version of the uh, budget recommendation uh, where we're now incorporating additional considerations that the administration 
wants us to factor in into uh, the budget. And uh, those sometimes are politically related. Sometimes those are the administration has their own series of priorities, like currently right now, the administration uh, that we're operating under has a heavy focus on environmental justice and uh, climate resiliency and support for tribal communities. And so that may dictate more uh, direction to us on including more funding for those categories uh, than what we submitted in the chief's recommendation and what the Army submitted in these Army's recommendations. After we receive the OMB passback document that I referenced, we will redo uh, the Army's recommendation in accordance with uh, that document's guidance and produce a final draft version of um, the President's budget to resubmit it to the Office of Management and Budget. They will review uh, that again in scrutiny and make sure that we met all of the objectives of the passback uh, direction that they provided to us, plus any last minute changes that the administration may be thinking about uh, incorporating in the next president's budget. And I'll just take a pause. It's not just our budget that is in play, but all of the federal agencies uh, are also working the same thing because everything gets consolidated into one massive budget document that is published for uh, all to see called a budget appendix. Uh, we have just one portion of it where they will uh, talk about the Corps of Engineers or Civil Works program. Back to the cycle and the process. If OMB agrees and approves final version draft of what was submitted to them after we incorporated the OMB passback, uh, then we will go through the next series of milestone actions, and that would be first to produce the justification materials for each of the projects that are in the budget recommendation, uh, along with some of the programs, like remaining items programs that some folks may be familiar with, but it is across all of the accounts that are in the uh, recommendation. And then the second part of that is that we will produce the draft version of the press book. Uh, the press book is really just a consolidation of the civil works program and everything that was in the budget. Both the justification materials and the press book end up being public documents that we are directed to post on the headquarters USACE's uh, webpage for all to see in addition to us providing it to Congress as part of the process. And that marks the end of the budget, but doesn't necessarily mark the end of the whole process because following the production and the rollout of the president's budget, uh, normally we have a series of hearings that the chief of engineers and the secretary of the Army for Civil Works have to sit in on with the appropriations committees to go over uh, what was in the president's budget, what was some of the policy decisions that were made, what was some of the guidance, or what is the intent of uh, the administration for um, what projects were funded in the budget. Usually uh, those hearings last about a month because there are at least 
four of those that we normally see the chief and the secretary participate in. The culmination of those hearings ends up uh, being that the committees will ask for additional information to the staff, both the secretary's office and our staff on the president's budget recommendation. And they are going to use uh, that information to help in developing the House draft bill and the Senate draft bill that will eventually uh, become the enacted appropriation. But this is how they start. They take the president's budget and they start to incorporate it, plus look at things like uh, our enterprise capabilities that we provided. I think I'm going to touch base on capabilities later, but essentially it's the work that we think uh, that we can perform if Congress were to give us some additional funds above and beyond uh, what is in the president's budget. All of those factors get pulled together by the appropriators in developing the bill, first the House bill and then the Senate bill that they eventually vote on and gets out of conference and they produce both a House version and a Senate version bill. Those two bills uh, have to agree, as you know, in the thing that we learned in our civics class, how does a bill become a law? <laughs> Those two bills uh, have to converge at some point and be voted on in a fashion where all uh, the House and the, and the uh, Senate agree on what should be in the bill. And that is called a conference bill. Uh, that is the ultimate uh, version that will be submitted by the president to sign. And uh, once the president signs, it becomes an enacted appropriations. Uh, that ends for us the complete cycle from when the budget first started all the way to the point of when a bill was uh, enacted and the Treasury issues funds to uh, USAFE for us to execute the dollars that were directed into the appropriations bill. Our branch uh, continues some action beyond that because we ended up having to issue our work allowance transactions. We do so by use of our uh, work allowance module in CFM, where we will issue out the funds directed in the uh, enacted appropriations. Uh, but we also have to consider the funds that we receive if Congress decides to provide us additional funds. We'll call those funding pots. We go through a mini version of the budget development cycle when that occurs because normally an enacted appropriations bill will tell us that we have 60 days in order to report back to Congress on uh, what we plan to fund with the additional dollars in the in those funding pots. In order for us to make those decisions, again, we have to make a recommendation to the secretary's office. Uh, the secretary pulls together an Army's recommendation and submits that to OMB. And OMB and the secretary's office uh, negotiates and finally makes a decision on the list of projects that will be selected for funding in those funding pots. We then get that notice and we put together another document. We'll call this the work plan document, and that will show uh, what all of the funds in the enacted appropriation 
will be used for. It will not only state the name of the project that is receiving the funds, but will also provide what the work to be accomplished with those funds. That too, like the president's, not like the justification sheets that I previously mentioned, and the press book, that also is uh, a public document that we are directed to post for all to see on our public webpage. Uh, we will then take that document and create our additional work allowance tables for the funding pots that were selected and the projects that were selected in those funding pots and issue out uh, those dollars to the selected project or program. And that is the whole budget cycle development from start to finish. When the districts receive funds for execution uh, within that year, uh, that concludes for us the end of the budget cycle in its whole. Well, that sounds pretty simple to me. <laughs> you know, I, I think it, it definitely sounds very complicated and many steps. Um, and, and not only to complicate it more, Vince, I think if I understand right, we're currently executing fiscal year 22. We're right around the corner for fiscal year 23, uh, which Congress has some bills that they're considering and will likely go into a continuing resolution. But the Corps then defending, uh, working with Army and OMB on fiscal year 24. And then I believe I even saw a request now from your office saying, hey, let's start planning for fiscal year 25. So it seems to me like in addition to going through this really long process that has lots of steps, you're also working on up to four years of the process at the same time, which must complicate your life even more. So I'm just kind of curious, like, how does your office actually kind of keep track of what is going on and making sure that districts are executing and getting the money and then you're getting the requests in for capabilities? How do you keep track of all of this stuff and facilitate it to, to make sure that we do all of these steps that we need to on time? Well, yes, I will definitely agree with you that life in our branch is very complicated and there are lots of moving parts all the time. Uh, as you mentioned, yes, I completely uh, affirm that we are working multiple cycles at, at the same time. We're about to end execution of FY22, and I say about to because right now uh, at this recording, I think it's September, uh, but uh, we think we will likely get a, a continuing resolution authority, which essentially just extends FY22 for a little more time beyond the September timeframe when is the end of the fiscal year. So uh, we have that going on. Simultaneously, that supports the work that we are uh, doing with the appropriations committees for the conference bill that they are working on currently, or about to work on here shortly, I should say, to uh, create the enacted appropriation that then will turn off the CR guidance and now become the 23 enacted appropriation. And as I mentioned, uh, we are in the middle of the support for the Secretary's defense of the FY24 budget. And we are right on the edge of starting, uh, well, I shouldn't say on the edge, we've already initiated uh, the start of the FY25 cycle as we are working on developing the FY25 budget guidance. So, yes, all those things are in play simultaneously, uh, and we uh, have a lot 
of uh, things to keep track of. But in this case, uh, I will say uh, that this is a complete team effort. So uh, not only is the, the members of my branch, you know, the account managers and others are keeping track of all these things, but when I say team approach, uh, we also incorporate the headquarters business line managers. We also incorporate uh, the remaining item program proponents to include some of the leadership as we get some guidance and directions from those SES leaders. And then we also uh, incorporate the feedback and direction from uh, our MSC SWID chiefs, the Civil Works Integration Division folks that we uh, work together with. So when you pull us all together as one big group, you know, it's probably a hundred or so of us trying to juggle all the things that we just talked about in various stages of its workload. So, oh, that is somewhat who is all involved. The how usually involves working with our enterprise systems or budget development. That's primarily our civil works integration funding <laughs> database system. We call it SWIFT. In that system, uh, we ask the uh, MSEs, the districts, the proponents, to continue to update uh, work package detail data for each of the cycles that we are working in. So right now, as I mentioned, for 22 execution, we had the field to uh, update the work packages that are coming in to us for damage repairs from all of the storm events that we've recently had. Plus, as we issue out supplemental funding to projects, in FY22, we record the dollar amounts that we are issuing to those projects that were approved and named for those funds. And we do the same thing, just different uh, work on different work packages in the other cycles. Like right now for the budget cycle for 24, we have asked the field to update all of those work packages. We created the chief's recommendation. We ranked and prioritized them. We've now are waiting for the Army to send us their recommendation so that we can upload it in our database system and record it. We do that all through the means of our SWIFT database. There's other systems that we use. Of course, everybody is familiar with Promise P2. That is mostly for our viewpoint of execution, but we keep track of uh, some of the data there as it is applicable to our budget development process. And so districts and PMs down in the field, uh, they continue to input that data and keep it as up-to-date as possible. Uh, I know that there's always a challenge with it because they too, like us, are juggling a great many different uh, requirements. Sometimes uh, it becomes an issue of what's the highest priority event? Uh, do I work on this or that? And sometimes uh, we have to uh, provide some additional guidance and direction to help determine what's the priorities and what is needed so that we can support our chief and maybe the secretary's office in the development or the decisions that are being made. So you talked about the, the whole cycle and then Aaron had you talk about <laughs> all of the work you all are doing, but then you, you mentioned the supplemental funding and that's different than, you know, the traditional cycle that we have. So can you talk a little bit about the supplemental funding 
because the Corps has received four different supplemental funding since 2018, I believe. So how does that work and how does that relate to the regular budget? Yes, so for supplemental funds, we occasionally, the Congress will recognize that the budget and the enacted appropriation that they uh, you know, get passed through to the president doesn't actually meet all of the requirements that we have, uh, especially if we've had like major storms that have hit the U.S. in certain places. Hurricane uh, Katrina is one of the ones that most folks remember. Uh, but since Hurricane Katrina, we continue to have storms every year, flood events, tornadoes, and the like, and flooding uh, has been occurring. And so the appropriators decide to, uh, in, in the course of guidance from Congress, uh, determine that they would like to fund the USAID folks for additional damage repair work outside of what we normally are receiving for funding in the budget. The appropriations, as you mentioned, we've been getting them on a more regular basis, I should say. Not to say that we should expect to get uh, additional funds, but uh, since FY17, we've received one almost every year, with the exception of, I believe, uh, FY21, I, I guess we'll call it. We did receive one in FY20, uh, but it was more related to COVID relief. It wasn't necessarily for projects per se, it was more to relieve some of the strain on uh, the personnel and our administrative uh, requirements uh, that we had at the time during COVID, like many other federal agencies uh, were having similar problems with keeping the shop open while folks would be in a leave status or on telework. And so uh, we had a small supplemental for that, I think 70 million split between the expenses account and only operations and maintenance. But for the most part, all the rest of our supplementals have been for significant funds for damage repairs as a result of storms. We go through a process of the appropriations is a little bit different than the enacted appropriations for our regular funds, where the regular funds is off of the president's budget, where there is a list of projects that are named, and uh, that is incorporated in what they call the statement of managers table in the regular appropriations. For supplemental, Congress somewhat gives us a little bit more leeway, and in some cases, we can look at it similar to the way that they give us funding pots. So they will give a little bit of direction for some of the accounts, like for investigations and construction. They will maybe limit us to certain states or certain storm events, like Hurricane Harvey, Maria, Irma, uh, things of that nature. For the most part, the other accounts, like flood control and coastal emergencies, Mississippi rivers and tributaries, and operations and maintenance, they will basically just write in language that says X amount of funds is for storm damage events or for repairs from storms. It doesn't provide any more uh, limitations usually, so it's not tied to a certain state or not tied to a certain storm event, and so we can use those funds for damage repairs that may have crossed over several years that are still in need of funds, in addition to the 
ones that are occurring in immediate present time. And so those appropriations, uh, enacted appropriations, we receive those funds. And unlike a regular appropriation where we culminate in the issuing of all uh, the work allowances to the field immediately, uh, in this case, we hold on to the funds here at headquarters and uh, provide them incrementally as they are needed. The projects that are selected are in a way similar to the way that we go through the budget process where we make a recommendation to the secretary's office and may develop an Army's recommendation and provide that to OMB. And the OMB concurs uh, or provides some additional feedback or guidance to us on which uh, projects that are cleared for funding. Uh, the end result in recent years, starting in FY18, we've been uh, directed to publish uh, what projects were to be funded on our uh, public webpage, just like we do for our work plans. In this case, the two most recent supplementals, those two appropriations, we were directed to create spend plan documents for it, similar to what we do for our work plans, where we will publish the list of projects by the state, the MSC, uh, the dollar figure, and the work to be accomplished. So we have produced those for the last two supplementals and have posted those on our public uh, webpage. For funding, we incrementally issue the dollars as they are needed per their milestone execution. And we have a whole group here within the program integration division that helps to manage uh, all of that. And that is the emergency supplemental team uh, that is uh, responsible for keeping track of the execution of the supplemental funds. Thanks. So if, if it's not hard enough to work with the normal cycle, you get those supplementals on top of it. And, and what I find interesting too is, so you said that we're already working to do the fiscal year 24 budget. That means that the districts have had to put in their capabilities probably before May for fiscal year 24. So you're putting in capabilities for a couple years, two, two and a half years before they happen, and you don't necessarily know what you're going to be getting in the meantime, it seems like that kind of creates a, a little problem for districts and coming up with capabilities. So kind of curious a little bit about like, how do districts figure out what they should be asking for in say fiscal year 24, when they may not even know what they have coming to them in, in fiscal year 23 or 22 for that matter. So, yes, the subject of capability is rather complicated, uh, not only in that we are looking at uh, what are their funding needs in the future, uh, but between now and the future, things may be occurring that have influence and impact on uh, what the capabilities will be after we start to uh, develop the president's budget. So uh, I will say uh, everything is based off of uh, cost estimates. The PMs at uh, district level uh, all have to work through their uh, development of the cost estimates given our other guidance documents that we have uh, in USACE. And when they develop those cost estimates, they take into you know, effect all of the assumptions that they can at the time. And so when we say cost estimates, we all understand, we focus on the word estimate. <laughs> That is not an exact science. In some cases, though, we're dealing with decision makers that 
look at cost estimates and see them as more of a actual number when we know that there's some volatility in uh, those numbers. So we work through that friction as we go through each of our cycles, uh, whether it be the development of the budget or development of the work plan. And we try to incorporate revisions along the way uh, as best we can. And in some cases, uh, it requires the field to go through and uh, submit the appropriate certified cost estimate request to get those formally, you know, looked at by the cost estimators within USACE and produce a document that we can stand on for the time being, given all of the uh, assumptions and uh, conditions that exist at the time that the uh, cost estimate was pulled together. Again, uh, this is kind of a complicated discussion because of all the variables that happen along the way. Our current, I guess, challenge that we face today, in addition to looking two years out with our normal set of variables that may be impacting projects, our current economic conditions are not very favorable right now in, in this year. And so we are finding that the cost of doing business continues to escalate in the upward direction. The cost estimate produced you know, six months ago may not be the same as what the reality that we are facing when we try to go through the acquisition process and um, try to fund certain things. So you can only imagine that trying to uh, work this from two years out, how much we may have some volatility that we deal with. So we try to work through those issues as we go through the process to revalidate uh, our recommendation or the Army's recommendation when we go back out to the field and share uh, where we currently are in the budget uh, process. And that sometimes produces changes and revisions to capabilities. So that has been pretty much the way in which we've kept track of it. It's very hard to do it in a systematic approach because again, we don't know all the variables and when they will be in play and we're dealing with looking at the budget two years out. So uh, yes, it's kind of challenging and difficult, but uh, we have a few you know, workarounds to try to get the best number that we can at the time. Again, best at the time, we, we can't ever settle on this is the actual definite figure because of all of the variables. Thank you, Vince, for joining us today for this edition of Inside the Castle. We appreciate you and your insights. To our listeners, we want to hear from you. What topics are important to you and people you are interested in hearing from? Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and be revolutionary. Thanks for joining us for this Inside the Castle podcast. To provide your feedback, email us at cw.infrastructure.team at usace.army.mil. Stay tuned for additional Inside the Castle podcasts as we explore life inside the core and revolutionize civil works together.